0: Hey guys,
1: welcome back to another episode of the So What Podcast. My name is Anna McGuire, and I'm super honored and thankful that you've chosen to spend part of your day having a conversation about sowing intentionally into your life so that you may reap abundantly. If you've listened to the first few episodes of So What, you know that this show exists to talk about Practical and achievable next steps that lead to a life of purpose and peace. Really, how we can make choices that bring about self-care, soul care, dreaming big, and having healthy relationships. And today I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about a step into having healthy relationships. One thing that I think is apparent and probably everybody understands is that every single one of us at some level, live in relationship with others. Whether or not those relationships are healthy is up to us and also the other individual who makes up the relationship. Now, I'm not just talking about relationship when it comes to the people you're close with. This also includes like the acquaintances, the distant coworkers, anybody that you come into contact with on a continual basis or on a routine basis You're in relationship with them at some varying level. So today, I just want to talk about a step on how to have healthy relationships with all those people that we know, those people that we come into continual contact with. So first, let's define what a healthy relationship is. A healthy relationship, the way I see it, is a relationship that consists of authentic connection, unconditional love, clear boundaries, and the space to learn and grow authentic connection, unconditional love, clear boundaries and the space to learn and grow. I'm going to be using this definition quite a bit in the episodes to come, so I hope that it sticks with you and that we can continue to unpack it more and more. And so with the, when it comes to healthy relationships, I've found that there is one thing that is the key to healthy relationships and that is this idea of being able to approach conflict And confrontation well. Okay, I can even already hear the silence or the thoughts of, oh my gosh, we're going to talk about confrontation. I do not enjoy confrontation. Does she not know that confrontation and conflict is literally two of my greatest fears of dealing with? Like, I do not like either of those things. And if I'm being completely honest with you, I am not a fan of conflict and confrontation Either. If I could live without it, I probably would. But conflict and confrontation give us a gift, and that is when we do it well, it gives us greater connection and intimacy with those that we live in relationship with. So I've been married to my husband, Andrew, for five years, which completely blows my mind. We started dating my freshman year of college. We met, yeah, my freshman year, his sophomore year. I was 18, he was 19, and I was one of those girls who said that I wasn't going to date in college, let alone my freshman year. Of course, I started dating Andrew my first semester, my freshman year, and we fell in love. We became best, best, best friends through uh, really just hanging out, getting to know each other, and all that jazz. Anyways, we got married Three weeks after I graduated college, I graduated college on Friday, May 1st. We got married on Friday, May 22nd. We weren't in a rush or anything, you know. Uh, So we've been married five years now, and we've been together a total of nine. Like, we've grown up together. It's, It's crazy to think about. Like I've said before, I am obsessed with him. I love him. He is my very, very best friend, and really my favorite conversation of the day. He is amazing. Anyways, during our engagement, we decided that we wanted to enter our lifelong commitment to one another with a set of core convictions for our marriage. Convictions that we would live by, that we would invest into our marriage with, and things that we would really uh, choose not to be like an average marriage. You know, marriages, they say about 50% of them end in divorce. And we knew that's not an option for us. Like we're in this for life. And so we need to have some expectations and some convictions for our marriage that helps us to be in this for life. So that's when we decided that we were going to have this core conviction of fighting fair. That when, not if, but when we would disagree with each other or when there would be some kind of conflict we would pursue resolution in such a way that it wouldn't harm our respect or compassion for one another. We decided that we were always going to do our very, very best to fight fair. And two resources that helped us come to this conclusion that we wanted to live by this were two books. One was From This Day Forward by Craig and Amy Grishel, and the other was The Good Fight by Doctors Les and Leslie Parrott. Both of those books are linked in the show notes. And in these books, we decided that as we read, we wanted to be fair fighters. Now, as you're hearing this, you might be thinking, okay, this is about marriage or dating. No, the, the principles that we found in these books from this day forward and The Good Fight really are principles that can be universally applied to all Relationships, And like I said before, what I've studied and, ob- and observed is that all healthy relationships have this one thing at the center of them. And it's this ability to approach conflict in a healthy way. It's this ability to have healthy confrontation conversations. Because relationships are made up of unique and complex individuals with differing views and experiences... At some point, there will be conflict. Truly, it's inevitable that at some point, there is going to be a disagreement between you and your friend, your sibling, significant other, your coworker, your child, your neighbor, whoever. There is going to be some kind of disagreement, some kind of conflict. And what I've noticed is that when it comes to conflict or disagreement, there are typically two defaults that people go to. The first default is that people pretend like the conflict or the disagreement isn't there. That, you know, it's just better to pretend like it's not there, to stuff it down, not to let them really know how you're feeling, and never deal with the issue. And at times, this can work, especially with the real minor things like I don't know, if somebody accidentally, like, drinks out of your water at the restaurant instead of their own, like, that's a minor thing. Like, you can move on. Like, that is a you know, that could bring conflict. But again, that's like a silly example. But what I'm saying is the minor things, that can be fine for. However, with this default of pretending like the conflict or the disagreement isn't there, If this is done consistently and if it's done multiple times, it will eventually lead to distance in the relationship. It usually breeds bitterness. When you pretend like the disagreement isn't there, you tend to become bitter towards somebody. Or I can even say when I pretend like a conflict or disagreement isn't there, it creates bitterness in my heart and in my attitude towards that individual. The second default that I see a lot of times and I've also experienced in my own life is that we deal with conflict in a way that is really unhealthy in the sense of we blow up on the person we're frustrated with. We say something that we didn't really mean, something that is regrettable, and it's usually a very emotional reaction, not a response. So somebody does something that you disagree with or something that doesn't meet your expectation and you just let your mouth rage and nothing comes constructive comes from it. Nothing good comes from it. So with these two defaults, neither of them work. Like they may feel good in the moment or you may see, okay, we can eventually move past these hurdles, but they aren't seeds that sow healthy relationships in our life. If we practice this continuously in our friendships, in our dating relationships, or work relationships, we can guarantee eventually there is going to be some serious brawls or bitterness. So, how do we approach conflict in a healthy way? How do we make the idea of confrontation less scary? How do we fight fair so that we may have healthier relationships? So I'm going to give a few simple principles that I truly believe if they are practiced, you'll see the benefit of them in your relationships. Four simple things. The first thing, using I statements. I statements. Using them when you have moments of conflict and conversation that you want to bring resolution in. So typically when we express our frustration with somebody, we use you statements. You are such a slob. You are always working. You are so frivolous. You are insensitive. You are ignorant. Those are the statements that we typically use when we express our frustration. Do any of those things sound familiar to you? You statements are often used to Really punish the person you're talking to. You want to point out what they've done wrong or how they've made you feel. And it's really subconsciously your goal through this to make them feel as bad as you feel. Or you're trying to shame them into changing. And neither the guilting or the shaming them or trying to make them feel bad is going to help produce a healthy relationship. What an I statement does is it begins to express your responsibility into the in the disagreement as well as sharing your feelings. It really puts an ease saying instead of coming out with a blame, you're coming out with, hey, this is where I'm at. The purpose of an I statement is to express how you feel inside. You can think of an I statement as an I feel statement, as a I feel this way about your behavior. So a, a great example would be if somebody is not listening to you. If there isn't a whole lot of quality time there. You can easily say something like, Hey, I feel like when you're spending a lot of time on your phone or on your computer at night or when we have free time, I feel like, you don't really care about us having quality time together. Or let's say you're having some conflict with a coworker. I feel like I'm the only one who's putting in the, uh, the, the very best effort that I have into this project. Or with a child, hey honey, I feel like you've been avoiding me. Can we talk about this? I statements share your feelings and really puts the person that you are wanting to have a confrontation conversation with at ease. You're not blaming, you're not pushing them around, you're not bullying them into feeling a certain way. Instead, what you're doing and what you're saying is, hey, let's join in together and let's meet where I'm at and where you're at. So the first thing, using I statements. The second thing is stay away from using never and always. Stay away from using never and always. This builds off of the I statements. So again, this may sound familiar to you. You never listen to me. You always cut corners. You always... Always, always take the easy way out. Or you never share your real emotions. Always and never communicates to the person that this is who you see them to be. It basically tells them this is who you are to me. You always are this way or you never are that way. So what about an always or never statement inspires or encourages the person To really hear you out. Why should they do something different when your viewpoint of them is so sharp? Always and never tells the person you don't have the ability to grow. Maybe not explicitly, but subconsciously they're saying, Okay, you indefinitely see me this way, so why should I try any other way? Stay away from never and always statements. Number three. Keep the problem the focus, not the person. Focus on the problem, not the person. If at the end of the conversation you want the relationship to stay intact, go after the problem, not the person. This means that when there is a disagreement, or when something goes wrong, or when somebody makes a mistake, you are focusing on how to solve the problem not going after each other's character or personality or abilities focus on the problem focus on what can be done to bring resolution one thing i see and again this comes back to the to the i statements and as well as using never and always Is that we usually go after the people, not the problems. Like if you disagree with somebody, you're like, you become my enemy until I let you know how terrible you are. And then after I let you know how I'm truly feeling and just how fatally you failed, then we can start all over. Then things can be better. Again, focus on the problem, not the person. And number four. This is huge for me personally. Have the confrontation or the conflict conversation following the moment of the disagreement. Not in the moment. Give yourself space to process. You want to be a person that responds, not reacts. This is how you remain in control and not say anything you will later regret. Again, Give yourself some space. So for me personally, Andrew knows that if we're in the midst of a conflict or some big disagreement, I have the, the permission to step away for a moment, to breathe, to process, and then to come back. Because I don't want to say anything that I'm going to regret I don't want to blow up. I tend to be an emotional person, and I don't want to let my emotions dictate the health of the conversation. And so I have found in counseling, when I talk to people about having healthy relationships, this is a huge, huge win for people, is that they can take a break, that they walk away, and that they have the conversation apart from the moment not having the conversation in the heat of the moment. I remember particularly one time in college, uh, a friend of mine who is actually a close friend of mine. Um, her and I had a disagreement. and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna let her know that this is making me upset, that I am angry with this situation. And so instead of giving myself time to breathe, I stormed into her dorm room and I told her exactly how I felt. And in the moment, I was like, yeah, like that felt good. I told her what's what. But unfortunately, because I let my emotions dictate, because I didn't give myself space to process, I really did hinder and hurt our relationship for a season. And thankfully that relationship is strong and healthy now. But again, I didn't step away. I let my emotions dictate. And I was probably using you statements. I I can guarantee I wasn't using I statements. And I was probably using never and always as well. I was probably focusing on the person, not the problem. It, It was a mess. Because I didn't give myself space to process. I didn't give myself time to breathe, to reflect, and to not react. I want to be a responder, not a reactor. And I have found one of the major things to be a responder is to give yourself some space following the disagreement or the conflict that you have with somebody else. Four really simple, really practical things that you can apply today when it comes to having conflict conversations when it comes to confronting the issues that you may face with those that you live in relationship with. Four simple things for you to fight fair. Let's review them. The first thing is using I statements. Stay away from the you statements. You are selfish. You are a slob. You are prideful. Stay away from you and use the I statements. I feel dot, dot, dot. I'm concerned about dot, dot, dot. Use the I statements. The second thing is stay away from using the words never and always. Again, never and always communicates to the person subconsciously that you believe that they can't change and that your viewpoint of them is pretty concrete Staying away from never and always gives room for growth and for believing the best about the other person. The third thing is keep your focus the problem, not the person. Don't let the person be the center of the conversation. Focus on the problem. If at the end of the conversation you want the relationship to stay intact and to be healthy, go after the problem, not the person. And number four, have the conversation, the conflict, confrontation, conversation following the moment of disagreement. Meaning, give yourself space to process because you want to be a responder, not a reactor. If we want our relationships to consist of authentic connection, unconditional love, clear boundaries, and the space to learn and grow, then we need to know how to Have the Hard Conversations in a Healthy Manner. And I so believe that these four simple steps are solid steps to take in having those conversations in a healthy way. Again, in the show notes, there are the two books that were pivotal for Andrew and I. Yes, they focus on marriage. However, they are really helpful when it comes to all relationships about fighting fair. how Um, to really care about one another, going after the problem, not the person. The two books are From This Day Forward and The Good Fight. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Whether you're listening in the morning or at night, I believe that you can take a step right now to sow intentionally so that you may reap abundantly in your life. Again, thank you for joining. I hope that you are inspired, that you are encouraged to take this next step to know that confrontation conversations don't have to be conversations that we hate or loathe or afraid of, but we can approach them with confidence knowing that at the end of it, it will create a healthier and stronger relationship if, again, if we allow to, if we take these steps to make sure that we go after the problem not the person that we don't place blame but we really create an atmosphere where we can dialogue and that we can share where we're at and how we can all move forward remember friends i am always in your corner and cheering you on love you